Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you listening for another episode. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting out the house rules so that way we can go ahead and start getting into this main segment. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. That is the best way for you to stay up to date on new episodes that are coming out. Also, if you haven't, go ahead and leave us a review. It is the best way for you uh, to help other people that are looking for good gun related content to uh find us on their podcast platform so go ahead and leave us a review if you can also go ahead and check out our social media we are everywhere we are on facebook instagram uh twitter parlor me we um I think there's even one other thing that I'm forgetting that I cannot remember at the moment. But we are under the number 2A Lifestyle, except for Instagram. We are two spelled out T-W-O-A Lifestyle. So go ahead and check us out on social media and follow us there. That's uh, where we post a lot of shit, uh, some hilarious memes, some good articles, some articles that uh, I've written myself. So that's a good way to keep up to date uh, in between podcast episodes also go ahead and check out our patreon it is the best way to support the show uh basically everything that we get on patreon is used strictly for the podcast it doesn't go into my pocket uh honestly it just stays in its little patreon account until it's time to either pay for the podcast uh platform subscription or uh with you know equipment um trips to uh trade shows stuff like that so go ahead anything you guys give us helps greatly even if it's just a dollar a month i greatly appreciate any help that you guys can give us also go ahead and check us out on our website 2alifestyle.com that's where we post our articles uh it is where we post new um uh, podcast episodes as well and also we have an e-store in there with some cool swag so go ahead and check out our website to a lifestyle.com i greatly appreciate you listening to this episode so let's go ahead and start getting into the main segment i ain't even really mad though hard to tell the real from fake cause nowadays they got masks on who gonna be around when the fame and the cash come i lost all my friends counting bands in a limbo truck BVS is on me fighting icy like a hockey puck if she wanna dance let her dance watch her pick it up I don't need no well in this main segment we have a ton of shit to talk about uh, a lot of good shit today I'm telling you some some good shit coming out so let's go ahead and start getting into it uh, the first story comes to us from Amaland uh, and its uh, title is Mossberg donates $75,000 to the National Shoot, uh, Sports Shooting Foundation uh, you know anytime a company uh, especially some of the big companies donates money back into the community especially shooting sports because if you've listened to previous podcasts you know we really like to highlight uh, the shooting sports because that is the best way for us to kind of uh, make our passion of firearms and shooting kind of bring it out into the normalcy of uh, the main you know mainstream culture I guess you could say so Anytime that a uh, big company like Mossberg, Smith & Smith Wesson, whatever it may be, uh, can donate money to shooting sports, we're all in for it. So Mossberg has donated uh, $75,000 uh, following the cancellation of the 21, uh, 2021 shooting, uh, well, basically SHOT Show. And uh, basically they said that's kind of like, you know, nor, you know, some money that we would normally spend on SHOT Show, but we're not obviously having SHOT Show this year, so they want to spend that money still. You know, and that's something awesome because these companies could have obviously taken that money that they would have spent on SHOT Show, which is a fuck ton of money. You know, Mossberg is, it's a, you know, one of the bigger names. They're mainly known for shotguns, uh, you know, so obviously they wouldn't have a humongous spread of firearms like, say, uh, Smith & Wesson or Glock or Ruger or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, a huge spread as some of the other ones, you know, but they're still going to have a pretty big spread. So $75,000 is kind of like what they would normally spend on SHOT Show is what they're saying. Uh, so they're taking that money that they would have spent on SHOT Show and are giving it to the NSSF. So good on Mossberg for doing that. The next thing that we're talking about also comes to us from Amaland. And the title of it is New This Week on Shooting USA is the USPSA Single Stack Nationals. Uh, that is obviously going to be uh, obviously big 1911s, uh, that kind of stuff. So... 
there is going to be a uh, you know actually airtime on the Outdoor Channel Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, also, if you are in Canada, which we know that there are some Canadian listens out, Canadian listeners out there, uh, the, the Sportsman Canada Channel, uh, same show, same week as the USA. So check that out. Uh, it's good shit. So. Uh, if you can and you do have the outdoor channel, check it out. This next article comes to us from ballistic.com. And this is pretty interesting just because, again, like I've said, we always try and uh, highlight the shooting sports. And the title of it is Laura Spanik, uh, the teen precision shooter with eyes on the 2024 Olympics. So, you know, obviously there was supposed to be an Olympics this year. And. Uh, it was canceled because of COVID. Uh, they don't know if they're going to reschedule it. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen with that. So there is a lot of people that, you know, um, what was it in the 2016 Olympics? The first uh, USA gold medalist that the news didn't really report on uh, was actually a woman who was in the shooting sports. So, uh, but she was kind of, you know, up in age there. So there's going to be a whole new generation of shooters that are going to be going to the 2024 Olympics. Uh, she is an 18 year old competitive shooter from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, she currently competes in a variety of uh, PRS shooting disciplines, including PRS, NRL type, uh, and Olympic style shooting competitions, which includes three position small bore and standing 10 meter air rifle. Uh, she says herself that she's hoping to get into the uh, 2024 Olympics. So good for her. Keep an eye out for this individual. Uh, I'm sure she has some sort of social media following out there. So uh, if you can find her, uh, you know, follower, supporter, all that good stuff. Next article comes to us from guns.com. A uh, 2A advocate scholar, Walter E. Williams is unfortunately dead at 84. You know, so we talk a lot about um, current uh, Second Amendment advocates, advocacy supporters, uh, you know, Timothy Knight, um, Adam Kraut, all those kind of folks. Uh, but, you know, there was a, hum you know, a, a whole generation before us that a lot of people, and, you know, unfortunately me as well, don't uh, give enough recognition to the people that supported the Second Amendment before us. Uh, and Dr. Walter E. Williams uh, was often outspoken in reference to his Second Amendment issues. Uh, he was a U.S. Army veteran, uh, and he also uh, served as a professor of economics at uh, Temple University in 1973 and then George Mason University. Uh, but he wrote a collection of essays in 1989 uh, titled More Liberty Means Less Government. Our founder knew this well, where he argued anti-gun laws and regulations were in the end a government infringement on the rights of individuals and had little impact on crime uh so and then this is interesting because he's also uh, a person of color you know a lot of people you know we think of um you know african-american uh second amendment advocates nowadays you know you got the maj Therese, you got the coleon noirs all that kind of stuff uh but dr walter e williams uh, was kind of the OG in reference to that shit. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, definitely rest in peace for Walter E. Williams and sorry for his family, but you know, we lost a good person in the fight for Segmem advocacy for that. Next article also comes to us from guns.com. Now this is interesting because uh, there's a little bit of talk about this, not a whole lot. Uh, Sig Sauer recalls all cross bolt action rifles. And you know, this is obviously interesting because um, you know, Sig, you know, if you've been in social media for any amount of time, you obviously remember the whole debacle in reference to the 320. Uh, but basically, you know, SIG is doing a immediate stop use of all SIG uh, cross bolt action rifles because, you know, the 320s, um, there was a lot of conversation in reference to the 320s on how it was just a voluntary recall. Uh, they stopped selling them uh, until they upgraded the trigger to where uh, it didn't have the um, negligent discharge, basically, if it was dropped a certain way. And it wasn't a mandatory recall. It was just a voluntary recall. So who knows? There's probably... There, I guarantee you there's still 320s out there that did not get the recall that are still uh, considered not drop safe. Uh, but Sig Sauer is doing this uh, immediately stop use and mandatory recall in reference to their firearms. So maybe Sig has learned their lesson and hopefully Sig's quality control uh, can actually get a boost for this because I'm telling you... Um, you know, Sig came out with the P365. Uh, from what I remember, there's not, there wasn't any like huge, you know, recalls, huge recalls in reference to that. Uh, but you know, since then, what has Sig come out with? You know, these crawl back, uh, cross bolt 
bolt action rifles and uh, that's kind of it so you know two of the last three major farms that were released from sig oh and the sig uh tread on me ar-15 uh was also released since the 320 but shit how can you fuck up an ar-15 to where it's not safe so uh two of the four so one you know 50 50 shot on the last four farms i can think of off the top of my head where they had to have had safety recalls uh hopefully sig gets their uh, quality control up on that bullshit Next article comes to us from Amelan.com. Now, this is interesting. Uh, I actually talked to our good buddy Ron from Save the Second about this. I hope you guys enjoyed Ron on our last podcast. I'm telling you, uh, Ron and uh, Michael from TACCAT, good buddies of mine. I really enjoyed him having him on the podcast and enjoyed the conversations that we had. Uh, but, you know, obviously Ron is big into the NRA reform. And the title of this article from Amelan.com uh, is Trump Jr. Head of NRA. Fake news, says President Sun, but oh, the uproar. Now, basically, if you haven't kept up with this, this article has come out a couple days ago. And what it is, is there has been a uh, report from Business Insider asserting that Donald Trump Jr. might weigh a run to take over as the head of the National Rifle Association as a way to stay involved in politics. Um, Now, this is very interesting because I can maybe see Donald Trump Jr. trying to get into politics, uh, either maybe as a U.S. congressman or as a U.S. senator, uh, just because of the name recognition from his father, how he was immensely uh, popular uh, against, you know, for a lot of Republicans out there. And it kind of be like another family dynasty thing, whether it be the Bushes, the Clintons, uh, whatever it may be. So uh, I could definitely see Don Trump Jr. uh, doing something like that. But Donald Trump Jr. uh, has sent out a tweet saying that I love and support the NRA and have been a longtime member, but I do not want Wayne's job. The story is total fake news. P.S. While you're here, if you're not already a member, you can sign up to join the nation's oldest civil rights group below. So, you know, I... It's interesting because Donald Trump Jr. is a businessman. Um, He obviously learned a lot from his father because he is very successful in what he does. Um, I can see this possibly being a good fit for the NRA because I guarantee you um, if he does get in there, he's going to clean house and a lot of the, the cronies. But I have a feeling that it would just kind of replace uh, Wayne LaPierre's cronies with possibly his cronies, uh, which might, I mean, it, it, for the short term, would probably be good for the NRA because that's what's really dragging down the NRA. And the NRA is really looking for star power uh, to try and bolster its image and bolster its membership. I mean, its membership right now is dwindling for the first time uh, in you know three or four years uh, over you know a period of 20 25 years the NRA's membership has soared obviously during the Obama administration um, it is you know the NRA is looking for star power to try and uh, make it more attractive to more people uh, obviously during the Obama era they tried to get Mike Huckabee in uh, as the board of directors president but Mike Huckabee declined um, Don Trump Jr., if he does take this position, he actually would be taking Wayne LaPierre's position. So uh, it would be interesting to see if Wayne LaPierre would be willing to give up his power to Don Trump uh, Jr. to, you know, step down and let somebody else take the reins. And again, you know, uh, talking to Ron, you know, he says that, you know, Don Trump Jr. probably wouldn't do this because he see the shit shows that the NRA is currently in. Uh, and also, I personally don't think Wayne LaPierre would allow this to happen because uh, being just that he's a Trump and we've seen how Donald Trump has run the country the past four years, uh, Donald Trump does not take any shit from anybody. If he does not like the message or the path or idea that that person is going, uh, then he is going to replace that motherfucker with somebody that he does like what they're doing. And if that's the case, I think Donald Trump Jr. would replace all of Wayne LaPierre's cronies. And like I said, probably put some of his own cronies in there. Um, you know, would, would I think that Donald Trump Jr. cronies would be better than Wayne LaPierre cronies? Probably. Um, I'm just going to say probably. Not going to say definitely, but probably. So that would be interesting. Um, and there's an article that I actually have. I have not published it yet about how I think 
with uh, a Biden administration. I personally think this is what's going to save the NRA uh, financially and membership-wise. I think with a Biden uh, administration, you're going to see a surge in NRA memberships just because that's what people are used to. Uh, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, I just got a couple guns, but I consider myself a Second Amendment supporter kind of person. Um, that are going to flock back to the NRA that they either you know let their membership lapse during the Trump administration because they felt like their Second Amendment rights were well protected under Republican administration, or they stop supporting uh, the NRA just because they've heard some of the stuff that's been going on, uh, and they're going to think, well, I'd rather support the NRA with the stuff that's going on and have an organization that's going to defend my Second Amendment rights uh, versus not supporting a uh, Second Amendment advocacy organization, not really knowing uh, that there are others out there like the Farms Policy Coalition, Second Amendment Foundation, and Gun Owners of America. So that is going to be interesting. Uh, be looking out for that article that I'm going to be posting shortly uh, when I fucking get a chance. I'm you know busier than a one-legged man in an asking contest here lately. Next article comes to us from Amelin as well. A lot of these come to us from Amelin just because there's a lot of good articles about legal action that's being uh, taken out there. Uh, the Firearms Policy Coalition file Supreme Court uh, cert petition in 2A case. Now, this is pretty interesting, uh, and what it is is Holloway v. Barr. Now, uh, Mr. Holloway was convicted of a nonviolent misdemeanor nearly two decades ago, and he's been a law-abiding citizen ever since, but he nevertheless prohibited by federal fire by federal law from possessing a firearm for the rest of his life. Uh, FPC argued in the petition that the court should hear the case because the lifelong ban violates Holloway's Second Amendment rights, and to further clarify the field of view in the Second Amendment law. Now, this is very interesting because obviously we know how... Um Justice Amy Coney Barrett feels about this because she wrote a dissenting opinion in reference to this case. And honestly, this is really kind of the only Second Amendment views that she has had uh, judicially in her uh, career as a judge. So we kind of know how Amy Coney Barrett's going to feel, uh, you know, in regards to it. So I'm wondering how this is going to go once, if it actually gets to the Second Amendment court, because now we have a full Supreme Court. Uh, we have a quote unquote, you know, uh, majority conservative judicial, uh, you know, Supreme, you know, justices on the Supreme Court. I'm be interested to see if they take it. Uh, next article comes to us from England as well. The Farms Policy Coalition adds attorney Anthony Miranda to the team. Now, I think this is awesome. He is the founder of the popular Armed Scholar channel on YouTube, uh, and he has other so social media platforms. He has joined uh, the FBC law team. Now, I think this is interesting because we have stated several times uh, on this podcast about different attorneys that the FPC has brought into the fold in regards to growing their legal team. Now, I think this is because that the F, obviously the FPC is mainly a legal Second Amendment advocacy group where they challenge legally unconstitutional uh, laws in reference to gun uh, rights infringement. Um, you know, obviously they don't do the lobbying that the NRA does. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think we need to have another organization besides the NRA that does the lobbying out there. But FBC does what they do best, which is legal work. And they have added a lot of good attorneys in regards to this. I think it's because a lot of people have left the NRA and they are giving their money that they would have given the NRA to the FPC. Also, I think the FPC is kind of playing chess here in regards to thinking down the road what's going to happen, especially with the Biden administration now, that there's going to be a lot more legal challenges in reference to unconstitutional gun control laws. So definitely FPC is loading the uh, or, or stacking their deck in regards to their um, legal team. Next article comes to us from Amelin as well, and uh, Right On Optics announces new partnership with the RSR Group. Uh, the RSR Group is basically, it's provided customers with speed and convenience of ordering from regional branches. Uh, right On obviously is an optics brand. They actually provide pretty good optics, I think. Uh, so this is going to help provide better distribution of ride-on optics to the uh, consumers. So if you are looking for a good optic for Christmas, I recommend that you go ahead and check out uh, ride-on, especially now that they have uh, you know, kind of hitched their wagon to that group. It's going to make it a little bit easier to get them. 
Next article also comes to us from Amelan, uh, and this is Smith & Western Report's second quarter physical 2021 financial results. And fucking let me tell you, it was huge. They had a 118.7 increase of sales. Uh, they've had a gross margin of 40.6 compared to 28.4 for the comparable. And all this is comparable to the last year. Let me say that. So uh, they increased their gross margin for that. Their quarterly gap income was $49.1 million uh, versus $343,000, uh, which is one a hell of a thing. Uh, the next thing, quarterly non-gap was uh, $52.8 versus $472,000. And the quarterly non-gap adjusted uh, EBITDAs, or e- 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 ah, fuck, E-B-I-T-D-A-S, uh, was $78.9 million, uh, or 31.7% of, of net sales compared to $13.4 million, or 11.8% of net sales. So I'm just telling you, if you are in the stock market game, which I am not nearly as good as I should be, because that's where you make a, you know, you can make a lot of money. I've got a good friend. I've had him on the podcast before in reference to uh, uh, the cybersecurity and how Google is basically registering all of our serial numbers whenever they, uh, we post pictures and shit on social media. Um, but basically, uh, he does a lot, uh, in the stock market and this motherfucker is always telling me about how he's made, you know, this many hundred bucks, uh, in a day or a week or this many thousands of dollars in a week or a month. Uh, and it's something I dabble in. If you haven't already go ahead and invest into gun companies, because I'm telling you, uh, their stocks are only going to continuously to go up. That is a hell of an increase, uh, in regards to that. Next story comes to us from Amelan, uh, in the title of it is Pennsylvania governor Wolf vetoes pair of emergency power bills. Now, I'm telling you, Pennsylvania is becoming a battleground in the legality for not only just the Second Amendment, but in my personal opinion, freedom itself in regards to these stupid fucking COVID lockdowns. Governor Tim Wolf vetoed uh, a pair of bills. Uh, which would have obviously helped the citizens of Pennsylvania in regards to their Second Amendment right. Uh, House Bill 2440 uh, would have designated shooting ranges, shooting ranges, sportsmen clubs, hunting facilities, and businesses relating to the sale and production of firearms uh, and ammunition as life-sustaining. Therefore, they would be prevented from future lockdowns. Uh, the next bill uh, is Bill 1747 would have prevented state and local governments from suspending or limiting the sale, dispensing, or transportation of firearms during a declared emergency. Now, obviously, this is a whole control mindset that they're wanting to do, uh, and fuck them for doing that. I hope the FPC is, you know, you know, all, and I hate to say it, um, and it's not Adam Kraut, it is Ryan Kleckner uh, who has said that, you know, and also, you know, I'm telling you, I wish, Ryan, if you're listening out there, I, I hope you would would like to listen to my show, but uh, I really enjoy your stuff, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, my brother's an attorney, I'm in law enforcement, uh, I deal with a lot of legal shit myself, keeping up with case law and stuff, so uh, I really like listening to your show for uh, just to learn, and then also, obviously, to learn about our Second Amendment rights, because you are, in my mind, a, a really great legal mind in reference to uh, Second Amendment law, but uh, Ryan Kleckner, in his mind, has said that, uh, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to become case law because that means you have to continuously lose uh until you get to the supreme court uh and hopefully you win and you become good case law um like helen or uh, keller versus dc um but it is going to take unfortunately that situation in pennsylvania uh, or some other place where uh somebody's arrested for uh, purchasing or selling ammunition or firearms more than what is allotted because of a quote-unquote emergency situation because it could be either a hurricane, natural disaster, uh, pandemic, whatever the fuck it may be. But, you know, it's going to take somebody being arrested for that or for transport or you know, are traveling with their firearm legally under normal normal circumstances, but would be considered illegally because of these bullshit, you know, uh, state of emergencies because of a pandemic or whatever it may be. And uh, it's going to take somebody getting arrested. It's going to take them being found guilty uh, in the local municipal or district court, wherever they're at, uh, being found guilty in appellate courts and state supreme courts, and eventually until it gets to the United Supreme United States Supreme Courts. Um, where hopefully it would be overturned. Uh, That doesn't sound like a fun time to me. I'll tell you that right now. That does not sound like a fun time at all. 
but you know it's unfortunately going to take a circumstance like that before where this bullshit hopefully stops uh let's go on into the next case is Emiland uh, from Emiland court rules NRA lawsuit against Almeida County can't proceed. Now, if you're not familiar with this, uh, earlier this year the NRA has teamed up with other Second Amendment advocacy groups uh, and has sued four North Northern California counties for closing gun shops and ranges as non-essential businesses under the COVID-19 orders. So obviously, uh, these counties, which is Santa Clara, Contra Costa, Santa Mateo, uh, and Almeida County, uh, they're closing down these gun shopping ranges because they're considered non-essential businesses, and they have uh, appealed to the court uh, these lawsuits that the Second Amendment advocacy groups has sued them, saying that they're violating the Second Amendment. So the uh, California Supreme Court has said that, you know, no, fuck you, this is going through. So... Uh, the case is Altman v. Almeida, uh, and it is filed for the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California. So if you're interested in that, you can, uh, nraila.org, uh, you can get future updates in reference to that case. We will obviously uh, be updating you once there is larger news in reference to it. Uh, fucking Pennsylvania again. And by the way, I'm sorry if you are from Pennsylvania. Uh, I personally fucking hate Pennsylvania because uh, my cunt of an ex-wife is from there. And I've been there twice with her. And every time I've been there, fucking people have been rude as motherfucking shit. So I'm almost not necessarily surprised that Pennsylvania politicians are such dicks uh, because of that. But anyway, let's go on into that. Uh, anyway, the title of it is Firearms Policy Coalition Files Motion for Injunction Against Pennsylvania Carry Ban. Uh, so what happened is this article came out on December 3rd, and it says today the FPCs filed a motion for a preliminary injunction in a federal lawsuit challenging the ban on firearm carry imposed by the law and policies of the defendants uh, Allegheny Sheriff William Mullen, uh, the County of Allegheny, Pennsylvania, and the Pennsylvania State Police Commissioner. Uh, the case is Cowie versus Mullen and is assigned to the United States District Court uh, uh, with Judge Christy C. Wegand uh, as the presiding judge over the case. And the motion can be found at fpclegal.org. Uh, and obviously you can um, keep up with any updates in reference to that. But basically the gist of it is Pennsylvania law uh, broadly bans the carry of farms unless you have a license and Allegheny Sheriff Mullen and the Sheriff's Office are not making those valuable to law-abiding citizens uh, like the plaintiffs and others. That constitutional uh, or the regulatory scheme is unconstitutional under any form of heightened unconstitutional scrutiny, uh, says FPC's Adam Kraut. Uh, and basically their whole reasoning for this is because the uh, governor is saying, you know, they're, they're, well, they're basically trying to say it's COVID-19, but, um, there's, you know, saying that it's, you know, not constitutional basically, which fucking, I completely agree. Uh, next one, I'm telling you fucking Pennsylvania again, here we go. Uh, the second amendment foundation seeks preliminary injunction in Pennsylvania gun rights case. Uh, and basically what this is, is actually the Second Amendment Foundation and the Firearms Policy Coalition has asked a preliminary injunction uh, stating that, uh, pro which prohibits law-abiding adults from carrying firearms for self-defense. Uh, young adults. Let me refresh that. So uh, the case is known as Laura v. Evanchik. Uh, and basically what it is, is the lawsuit was filed in October uh, in the United States District Court for Western District of Pennsylvania. Uh, and basically what they're saying is the laws uh, amount to a catch-22 requiring a state license that is not available to uh, young adults in order to exercise a constitutionally protected right. So it doesn't make sense that when a young adults can vote, join the military, and get married, uh, start companies and contracts, but they can't carry a firearm for personal protection. Uh, this basically amounts to a ban on the right to bear arms. So, and this specifically uh, is targeting 18 to 20 year olds. So I think this is very interesting. I really think that this is going to actually go to, um, I think honestly, this is going to set case law. I think this is a good case. I, I really am looking forward to seeing this continue further. Next article comes to us from Emiland as well. Uh, background checks from gun sales break records for November. Fucking shocking. And with that, let's go ahead and the next 
uh, article comes to us from Gat Daily, kind of coincides with this. Uh, there was only an 8% decline from 2019 on Black Friday sales. Now, to me, that's interesting as shit because, you know, if you have been to the gun stores recently, that you would see that the, the fucking pickings are pretty slim. So for there to only be an 8% decrease from 2019, which 2019 set, you know, broke all records for gun sales years previously. Uh, in reference to Black Friday, that is. Uh, so for them to only have an 8% decline, it makes me think that these people are just fucking buying anything that they can. Um, I was talking to, I think I mentioned on the podcast last time, uh, you know, in reference to uh, Black Friday sales. Academy, you know, sometimes uh, Black Friday ads get leaked online. Uh, you know, I go like to blackfridayads.com and I'll check out the ads there before the actual uh, fucking paper comes out. Because let me tell you, the fucking local paper for Black Friday was fine. Five fucking dollars. It's like you got to be out of your damn mind. Uh, so I just looked for that shit free online. But when I looked in early November, Academy had uh, really good sales on ammo. And I was thinking, all right, cool. Um, you know, when I worked in retail in college, we used to hold back Black Friday stuff so that way we didn't sell out of it, uh, you know, maybe at a regular price or just as a little sale before Black Friday when the Black Friday sale comes on. So maybe that's why there's no ammo at Academy. Well, uh, shortly before, I think it was the week of Thanksgiving, so like right after uh, the podcast was done, the ad actually changed for Academy and they had to take out all guns and ammo in the sale ad because I'm pretty sure they were like, well, we're not going to put this in the ad and then give a bunch of people pissed off at us and show up at the store and want either this gun or this you know, box of ammunition and we don't have it. So they completely changed their ad because of that. Since then, uh, at least for uh, academies here and where I have some friends in different areas of the state and other states live academy is actually getting a lot of ammo in now uh, I think I you know I don't know if this is like maybe that Black Friday ammo that's finally showing up uh, but they're getting a lot of ammo in it's you know only lasting pretty much by the end of business day as soon as five o'clock rolls around and everybody gets off work and they go to academy the ammo's gone after that uh, so, you know, then there's still, they change, at least locally, they change their policy. It used to be that you get three boxes of any caliber. So you can get like three boxes of nine millimeter, three boxes of two, two, three. Now it's just three boxes of ammo, period. So you have to get like two boxes of nine millimeter, one box of two, two, three. That's it. You just get three boxes. Um, so anyway, kind of going back to the story, uh, I t you know, because of that and the, the shortage we're having, I think to me that just goes to show how amazing the current market is for firearm sales and ammunition i'm telling you um if you had a gun shop and you fucking mortgaged your whole life plus your you know nuts on um you know credit to purchase ammunition you would be fucking rich right now let's go on into the next article uh comes to us from ammo land uh, firearms policy coalition challenges maryland assault weapons banned now, again, this was released December 2nd, and it says today, which was December 2nd, FPC announced the filing of a new federal Second Amendment lawsuit that seeks to strike down the state of Maryland's ban on so-called, quote-unquote, assault weapons, arms that are constitutionally protected under the Second Amendment. The case, Bianchi et al. Uh, et al. v. Fosh et al. can be found at fpclegal.org. Uh, so they are actually uh, joining three other organizations, which is the Retailer Field Traders, uh, the Second Amendment Foundation and the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms uh, and the plaintiffs. Uh, There's a fuck ton of people. But anyway, uh, basically, they are challenging, saying that in the Heller and McDonald situation, the Supreme Court confirmed that the Second Amendment guarantees an individual right to possess commonly owned firearms. And I'm telling you, the AR-15 is not called America's Rifle for no reason because it is a very common firearm. So I'm very interested to see how that's going to go. Obviously, that's going to have to end up getting into uh, probably uh, the Supreme Court territory with that one. Next article, again, man, all these legal suits. And I'm telling you, it's good to see this stuff because it is, uh, that is how shit is done nowadays. Uh, politicians are weak need. Uh, you do need to put pressure on them. Otherwise, they're going to keep getting pressure from the other side to pass gun control. And that's where we're going to have more and more of these lawsuits, which is what we're seeing now. Uh, we definitely need to put pressure, more pressure on these uh, politicians. But this is how the current fight for our Second Amendment rights are being done. It's being done in the courts. So the title of it is NRA sues New Jersey over concealed carry law. 
the NRA Institute for Legal Action and the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, which is the NRA affiliate in New Jersey, has filed a lawsuit against the state of New Jersey for a restrictive law that essentially denies law-abiding citizens, uh, owners, the right to carry uh, to a concealed carry permit. Uh, so the case of this is, oh, Jesus, these fucking names, uh, Mazare versus Grewal. Uh, it was filed in the U.S. District Court uh, for the District of New Jersey. And, of course, you can find it in nraila.org if you want to see more updates on that. Oh, damn. Going on and going on and going on again. Uh, let's go on in to get some good shit. But uh, next article comes just from Inland, and it's the Civilian Marksmanship Program adds extra pistol events to the upcoming 2021 competitions. So the 21, uh, 2021 season kicks off March 12th through 21st at the Ben Avery Shooting Facility in Phoenix, Arizona, with the Western Civilian Marksmanship Program high power and game matches. The Western Games uh, is entering its 17th year, uh, and it's adding new competitions that have been long anticipated by many shooters, uh, but is never fired at the annual event, and that is a series of pistol matches. So I think this is good stuff because, obviously, again, huge advocates, and I'm telling you, I, I just kind of added this stuff towards the end just because there was a lot of legal shit, and, and unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but there was ser- this section of the uh, podcast and this episode is mainly focused on a lot of legal stuff, but there was a lot of legal stuff that was done, um, and I think it's very interesting, and I think it's important for us to uh, say that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the uh, CMP is adding some a lot of pistol stuff, which is a good thing. It's good for people. Um, this next article comes to us from the firearms blog. Uh, it is ATF is apparently contradicting themselves about SB tactical braces. Oh, shit. Now, this has just been a whole shit show. And... It's hard to go on because I'm telling you, it's um, it's like four or five pages from uh, the ATF. And it's basically them trying to defend themselves in what their actions that they've taken in regards to this. Um, you know, I'm telling you what, this is, this is a lot of shit. Basically, um, they're comparing uh, the current AR-15 pistol brace uh, items to things like um, old uh, Ruger's um, 10-22 pistol that they have, uh, you know, that like people hunt with and uh, break action um, hunting pistols. I can't remember the name of the company that makes them, but you know, you can get them in different calibers. Uh, and that's, it's just a whole lot of fucking jargon. Uh, and I would recommend that you go to the firearms blog and look at this up because it's a lot to it. Uh, next article, it comes to us from WSB TV. And this is interesting. Um, uh, and what its title is, is man adjusting his pants causes gun to go off inside Neiman Marcus and it sends shoppers running. Uh, you know, I'm telling you folks, and I'm not being a snob, but I'm telling you, you need to get yourself a good quality holster. And with that, I, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, and we're not quite in the exact middle section, but I'll go ahead and mention it. Check out coworkconcealment.com. Uh, they are our sponsor for the show. They make great quality Kydex holsters, and I have several myself. I will tell you that they use uh, discrete carry concept clips. I think they are great quality. You know, I don't think. I know they're great quality, especially, be, you know, you don't want those uh, stupid fucking foamy plastic clips. Uh, it's good stuff. The steel discrete carry concept clips, good attachment to your uh, to your you know pants or belt, whatever it may be. Also, Kydex uh, is form-fitting to your firearm, so it's going to stay secure. So check out Cowork Concealment at cowarkconcealment.com, uh, and also check out their social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Cliff's good dude. They have great custom work. Uh, I'm looking very much forward to getting uh, the new holster for my boss uh, that I'm planning on giving for Christmas. So just don't do this. This guy took off running and uh, law enforcement is still looking for him. Uh, in our last episode, I'm not a last episode, fuck. Last news story comes to us from the Truth About Guns. Uh, and this is interesting. And a friend of mine posted this and I commented on it. Um, basically, the title of it is, is New Bill Would Require Texans to Retreat from Attacks and Ban, li- ban Deadly Force to Protect Property. Uh, this is obviously, it is being uh, filed by a Democratic lawmaker in Texas. And this is, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's scary. 
it's scary interesting i guess you could say because um texas you know came very close to voting for biden in the 2020 election um you know i have i'm from texas i have family that still lives all throughout the state of texas all the way from the panhandle down to the coast um and from dfw all the way to el paso uh and i think texas is in a bit of a conundrum because texas is a great fucking place uh that's why a lot of people are moving there joe rogan joe rogan moves there uh a lot of other famous people have moved there recently um what's his face uh elon musk has you know told his friends that you know it's no secret that he is going to move himself and his companies to texas um, it's a great place. But with that, uh, a lot of these people that are fleeing these shit show of states like California, uh, you know, and obviously they might not have been the most liberal person out in California, but they probably could be the most liberal person in Texas because Texas, uh, has very conservative values. And with that, they're bringing these, uh, progressive ideas to Texas and they're electing these progressive politicians. Uh, do I personally think that this has a chance of passing? Uh, not really, but I mean, it is a possibility. And not only that, I think it is a possibility um, that a, a legislation like this could pass in Texas easily in, say, 10 years um, with the current amount of uh, people traveling and settling in Texas, you know, leaving these failed states of, you know, California. Uh, I'm pretty sure Nevada is going to be there soon uh, and so on and so forth. So, you know, I hate to see it because, you know, I love Texas. I love to go back to Texas as often as I can. Uh, I would actually like to have moved back to Texas. Um, but because of uh, shit that's happened in my life, I can't easily do so. Uh, it would, you know, take a lot of court paperwork in reference to my kids to move to Texas. Um, and because of that, you know, it's I hate to see my state go that way. It sucks. Uh, and this is where I think we need to try and have that open conversation, especially like with new gun owners, because you're seeing that with new gun owners. You know, the support for gun control uh, is at its lowest point it's ever been since 20, uh, well, since before Sandy Hook, um, basically. 2012, I think, is when that was. And uh, But unfortunately, you're still having these new gun owners that see the importance for firearms ownership for self-defense. Uh, and for their, you know, their Second Amendment rights are, you know, a lot of them are still voting for politicians that would be happily to either tax them out of that right or to just outright deny them that right. And we need to have these open conversations with these people. It doesn't need to be a shouting match. It doesn't need to be a, you know, I'm right, you're wrong kind of conversation. You just need to kind of plainly show them the light and you know be polite about it as possible and hopefully these people will have that oh shit moment where they realize that you know i need to stop supporting these pop politicians that are going to deny me of my civil rights uh and that is where we're going to end off our sec our main segment let's go ahead and start getting into the gun gear news All right, we are in the Gun Gear News interviews, and we have um, some good shit that's out right now. Uh, this comes to us from Amelan. Six Hour introduces new modular Mod X9 pistol suppressor. This thing looks kind of badass. To me, it looks like something, you know, it looks like a Transformers dildo, honestly. <laughs> but I mean that in a badass way. Um, it is only 8 ounces. Uh, the overall length is 7.5 inches, and the overall width is 1.35 inches. And the average decibel... Uh, is uh, 129 with 147 grain 9mm. Uh, it's made out of titanium uh, and it is compromised of seven 3D printed titanium baffles and an encapsulator with 21 points of impact adjustment. Uh, that's pretty badass, I think. I mean, like I said, this thing looks cool. Uh, now, for that, the does not give a MSRP on the actual article. Uh, when you go to the oh, uh, six-hour website, um, it doesn't give a price, too. I don't see one. But, it, like I said, it is modular, so you can adjust the length of it overall. Uh, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it doesn't give a fucking uh, MSRP on here at all. 
So it means bitch is probably expensive as hell. So let's go on into the next product. Next product is going to be Haley Strategic Partners and Tours Knives introduced the Darter Fighting Knife. Now this is a fixed blade knife. Um, you know, we don't talk a whole lot about knives here. I, I mean, I love knives. Um, I think they're you know pretty cool. I always always carry one on me. Uh, I'd have a couple laying around either on my desk at work or um, on my fucking honestly my coffee table in the living room. Uh, one on my bed stand, you know, just to pill fart around if I got something I need to open or whatever the fuck it may be. Um, and this is a badass looking knife. Uh, the handle. Um, let's see what it says. What it's made out of. Doesn't say, but anyway, it comes in three different colors, Coyote, Disruptive Gray, and Rager Grain, uh, and it is a limited series. Now, here, the MSRP is $3.95. Now, if you're a knife guy, that honestly is not that bad of a price. It comes with a really nice uh, Kydex seath, and it comes in a really nice carrying case. And like I said, this is a badass looking knife. Uh, I would personally love to have one. Um, going into the next one, this is pretty interesting, uh, and this is a little different than what we're going to talk about, but we're going to be talking about top 10 video games for hardcore gun nerds. Now, I will say, uh, I do love first-person shooter games. I haven't really um, have played a whole lot of video games since my kids have gotten older, and I've got less time on my hands. Uh, but I used to love to play like Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare, Battlefield, all that kind of stuff, and Assassin's Creed. I love fucking Assassin's Creed. And my son, he loves to play that shit too. He plays Fortnite all the time. Uh, he loves Call of Duty. Uh, for Christmas, I just got him the new, uh, kind of for both of us, I got the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I got the new Call of Duty Cold War. So he's got that shit that he's going to open um, on Christmas. But these are top 10 games for hardcore uh, nerds and gun nerds. And this is cool because, like I said, uh, you got Christmas coming right around the corner. This is some cool shit maybe to get for the person that is kind of into games, uh, but is also a gun nut as well. Uh, you got Duck Hunt, the OG of all video games, uh, shooting games basically. And you know, you there's obviously a lot of modern adaptations that you can have for uh, Duck Hunt uh, that you can get at GameStop, whatnot, uh, or you know. I always see the little weird things, uh, you know, the mall kiosk that you can get that kind of shit at. Uh, Red Dead Re Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, obviously, this is a pretty cool game. Uh, I personally haven't played it a whole lot. I don't own it. I played it at friends' houses, um, but it's a cool game. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands and Ghost Recon Breakpoint, that's number three and number four. Uh, those are pretty cool first-person shooter games uh, that uh, it's a Tom Clancy, uh, you know, based off Tom Clancy and all that kind of shit. It's pretty good. Uh, Escape from Tarkov. And this is cool. little Cold War Russian kind of game. Uh, a lot of cool different firearms in there. Uh, Brother of Arms Art and War. Oh, man. Now, this was... Uh, kind of an old game that's cool back in the day uh i played i don't think it was this exact one i think it was there was another one that was a brother in arms that i played way back in the day um hot dogs horseshoes and hand grenades uh this is a vr setup so if you have vr this is pretty fun uh it's pretty interesting it looks pretty fucking cool uh arma 3 uh not gonna explain a whole lot of that never heard a whole lot about it uh borderlands series those are pretty cool um and black uh pretty fucking cool graphics on that uh something else too um far cry i fucking love far cry that's one of my favorites as well uh, but those are some cool video games that you can uh, maybe get your uh, gun nerd slash gamer uh, significant other or friend for Christmas. Next is going to be the Otis Technology Elite Range Box and Universal Gun Cleaning Kit. Uh, you know, Otis makes a lot of good shit. I have a couple of their uh, 223 um, cleaning kits. They're really awesome. Uh, and they make good quality stuff. And this thing, it has uh, four firearm-specific rip cords, uh, one for 22.223 cal, one for 30.308, and another for 38 cal 9mm and a 12 gauge. It also has 16 bronze bore brushes uh, from 17 HMR all the way up to 10, 12 gauge, 16 gauge. Uh, it's got a bunch of different stuff in there as well. Um, Double-ended uh, AP brushes and three levels of aggressiveness. Also includes a microfiber gun cloth chamber flag and instruction manual. Uh, lots of different stuff. Now, when you're looking at this, you are going to be looking at a little bit pricey because uh, it's not too bad. Um, let me see. 
I don't see it. Again, I got this article from Amelin. I don't know why they wouldn't put it's a review of this. Um, let's see, it's going to Optics Planet. This box runs you around $193.99 on Ammo Planet, which is not that bad for everything you're getting. Um, it'd be a good gift. Uh, next uh, product is kind of a review on the now this is you know reviews not necessarily new products that have come out but because Christmas is coming around the corner I wanted to throw some of these cool things out uh, is the Galco ankle trauma kit uh, convenient medical EDC uh, I have actually personally have been looking myself for some uh, ankle trauma medical kits now this one right here is uh, $73 uh, it comes with the um, the the kit and also has uh, different things in it. It comes with, uh, I think it comes with a combat gauze, I think a tourniquet as well, uh, and a bandage, a pressure bandage. Uh, but there's all kinds of different ones as well. Uh, this one is $73. That is roughly around the, um, you know, kind of the middle to lower high end price of med kits, uh, or, you know, just the actual med kit ankle kit I've seen, uh, I've, you know, but I've also seen them go all the way up to like $100, $115. Uh, so that's on the higher end that is going to be it on that uh, and the product that I actually purchased for myself um, that I'm going to be talking about it's not it's kind of a gun product uh, if you're in the gun world you probably have some patches uh, and if you haven't all checked out violent little machine shop I highly recommend you do so they have some amazing hilarious awesome patches I've gotten several things from them over the years and I got an email from them I want to say it was last week in reference to a fanny pack I'm bringing the son of a bitch back I'm bringing the fanny pack back I got myself a velcro fanny pack that I'm gonna be wearing and I actually bought it for myself uh, as a um, stocking stuffer because uh, you know as a dad a single dad uh, you know I don't have I got got my girlfriend this Christmas but you know she doesn't live with me um, yet but you know I don't have somebody to fill my stocking up for like Santa my kids are young enough still that they believe in Santa uh, so you know the last couple of years they said you know dad how come you didn't get anything in your stocking and we did I always just say well uh, you know I've been such a hard ass on you kids that uh, Santa didn't give me anything so I got me some stuff this year and I got me like some vinyl records uh, I love me listening some vinyl shit um and i got this uh and also i'm and this is a little fucking side story i got you know i already have ultima boots but i'm trying to get the od green ultima boots and i've been trying to get them from la police gear uh because they had a good sale running on them for black friday and cyber monday and i've ordered the bitches twice all right so i've ordered one and three days later i got an email said that the back order is canceled well when i placed that motherfucker in my cart it didn't say it was back ordered so i called them and they said oh yeah we get this straight directly from the manufacturer so sometimes it's showing back order from them but not on our uh, website because you know we don't get constant updates from the manufacturer so I said okay well I'll go order me I got like 15 wides um, so I was like well you know I got the ultimates that I have now uh, are 15 just regular so I was like you know I was just going for like a little more comfort uh, when I was ordering the wides I'll just get the 15 regulars so I go back on the website and fucking the 15 wides weren't showing back ordered so I was like well what the fuck so I went in and placed an order again uh, for 15 wides, and then I got the email either late last night or early this morning saying that the cancel order was canceled because it's back order. So I'm like, well, fuck me. It's raw. You know, just fuck me, right? Uh, so I'm going to see if I can order some 15 regulars, and hopefully I'll get them some bitches in. Uh, but anyway, sorry about the uh, weird rant there. Um, so anyway, uh, something that I was actually planning on adding to my stocking was this fanny pack. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, it is about the size of a uh, toiletry bag, I guess you could say. Maybe just a little smaller than a toiletry bag. Um, and it comes with a really nice uh, Cobra buckle uh, that snaps on. And the thing is completely made out of Velcro. I went ahead and also ordered some patches that came with it. Uh, I got like the Pornhead, Pornhub tab uh, patch on there. I got the uh, Shooter's looks like the Hooters uh, patch on there uh, and something funny every time I've ordered from Violent Little Machine Shop I don't I don't play guitar but they send out uh, little guitar picks with dicks on it and it's funny uh, you know I give them out to people I've dated before and I was like hey, here's a dick pic um, this one was a uh, dick on a bomb and I showed showed it to my girlfriend I was like hey do you like this bomb ass dick pic you know it's funny anyway um, but it's fucking cool, man. It's fucking cool. I, you know, I think it's awesome. Uh, I went ahead and got some other patches that I had and, and slapped that bitch on there. 
Uh, it looks pretty fucking amazing, but I'm bringing the fanny pack back. It was only like 25 bucks. Um, not bad. And, uh, you know, it, it just looks cool. You can be sporting your, your favorite patches on it and shit. So, uh, probably going to be posting pictures of that once I actually get another day off and I can wear some regular fucking clothes. Uh, so if you're looking for somebody, uh, you know, a cool gift, I recommend going to Violet, Violent Little Machine Shop. Uh, check out their Velcro fanny pack and uh, some of their awesome patches. With that, let's go ahead and start getting into the gun culture segment. Right, in the gun culture segment, since we've talked about, and actually, uh, we've talked about something related to this. Since we've talked about video games in the uh, regular um, segment, we're going to be talking about GoldenEye, the video game. Uh, we've talked already about GoldenEye, the movie, but we're going to actually be talking about the guns in GoldenEye, the video game. Uh, of course, you know, this was the fucking OG gun back in the day, whenever, or video game, when I was a kid on the N64, whenever I had friends come over, we always fucking played GoldenEye, you know, fucking four players set up, and this is what we fucking did all night, watch movies and play fucking GoldenEye on the N- you know, Nintendo 64, uh, but some of the games in there, or the guns in there, obviously the Walter PPK, uh, you got suppressed, unsuppressed, uh, you had the Tuckerev TT-33, uh, I used to always fucking like to get that one. You had a Ruger Blackhawk. Uh, you had, obviously, the fucking infamous golden gun. The one shot, one kill gun. Uh, Micro Uzi, the HK MP5K. Uh, you had the Sights Spectre M4, which is a pretty cool looking little gun. Uh, obviously, you had a uh, VZ-61 Scorpion. You also had a FNP-90, which is pretty cool. You had a generic pump shotgun with folding stock, uh, Norinco Type 56 AK, M16 rifle. Uh, you had just a generic sniper rifle. Nothing really looked like it. Uh, fictional multi-shot grenade launcher. And then, of course, a Type 69 RPG launcher. Uh, and then, of course, they you had some different grenades, landmines, all that kind of stuff. Uh, also, you could get the Moonraker laser. Pretty badass. You had a taser. Uh, it was just a fun-ass fucking game, man. And I'm telling you, if you grew up in the 90s at all uh, and you could use your fingers to um, play games, that's what you fucking did. So that's cool. And, of course, our source is imfdb.org. And with that, let's start wrapping the shit up. If you issue a diss to this dude, everybody gonna miss you dearly. Hear me, I'm repping mine sincerely. Clearly, you don't want no funk, so punks grow weary yearly. Due to my blood, sweat, and tears, he fears me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I greatly appreciate you to listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. This is the best way for uh, you to keep update on new podcast episodes that are coming out. Also, if you can, leave us a review. That's the best way for people that are looking for gun-related content to find us on their podcast subscriber uh, app, whatever the fuck it may be. Also, go ahead and check out our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, Parlor, uh, all under the number 2A Lifestyle, except in Instagram, 2 is spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Also, check us out on Patreon. Anything you guys give us uh, is great. I greatly appreciate anything you give us. It goes straight back into the podcast to give a better product to you, the listener. Also, if you haven't already, go ahead and check out our website, 2alifestyle.com. Check out and see what we got going on over there. And until then, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, We have Christmas coming up. And with, you know, because of that and the hard times that we have going on, uh, I'm just going to say if you guys uh, have, you know, mental health issues, uh, I ask that you, you know, seek out someone. It's not as bad as you think, I promise you. Um, and with that, uh, go ahead and check out the National Suicide Hotline. Uh, and you can, you know, I'm Googling it right now because I'm going to give you guys the uh, fucking number myself. I actually knew it off the top of my head at one point, but I'm tired as fuck. 
I only work on two hours of sleep. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. And I'm going to be saying and giving this out on the episodes all the way until the end of the year because this is already a hard time of the year for people. Uh, And with the pandemic that's gone on, uh, you got people that either out of work or they're not making as much money as they used to or they're just feeling kind of cooped up. Uh, My girlfriend this past week had, uh, she was tested positive for coronavirus, so she had to stay home. Uh, I was taking care of her when I got off work, but you know, from the time that I was working, I couldn't, you know, help her and she was cooped up as shit. You know, she couldn't leave. She wasn't feeling good. Um, and you know, a lot of people in the less free States where there are very bad, uh, restrictions, um, you know, don't have the options to leave or go to work or, you know, if they're not sick, go to the park, whatever it may be. Uh, so if you're having those mental health struggles, I highly please recommend and beg you to, uh, either talk to a friend, seek help from a mental health counselor or call a uh, national suicide prevention hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap this shit up and I will see you guys again in two weeks. And until then, keep on enjoying that 2A lifestyle. Fuck your help! Everyone's an expert on everyone else except their fucking selves Last time that I made a song, I left a lot of shit on that shelf Cause I know you're too weak to hear the truth or care about how I felt And oh hi, comment section Did you know your words describe you and not me? And bounce back, cause in life we project our insecurities On people we wish we could be while blinded by the fact that we're our own biggest worst